At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It's our number two of the Greg Peterson experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. And we've got a tremendous hour for you as we got a nice little taste of what we can expect on the big UFC card this week. And we're really going to be diving full bore into it this hour as Mark Drummeller does great work at Yahoo Sports and Spencer Kite, who does a lot of great writing over at UFC.com as one of their main freelancers. They're going to be joining me to break down UFC 285. We're going to be Diving into the nitty-gritty of the John Bones Jones against Cyril Gon fight. But top of that, there's a lot of other fights out there. And I've noticed this with the card. There's a lot of really chalky favorites as well. Like the Jamie Pickett versus Bo Nickel fight. Nickel is minus 1,900 where I sit at Circa. You've got Valentina Shevchenko right around about a minus 860 favorite at Circa. The wonderful resort and sportsbook out here in Las Vegas. Um, I've got a lot of chalky favorites, so I've got to talk to them about how to take a look at a lot of these fights because there is not too many fights like the Rebus fight where you're finding that right around minus 120 with Rebus being the favorite Amanda Rebus, but I do think that that is something that is very notable, so we're going to be talking about all those ins and outs, and we're going to get a little bit of XFL in our lives this hour as well, so we got everything locked and loaded as we're going to be diving into conference tournaments this segment, taking a look at the great game of college basketball. And what else is great is all the people behind the scenes that make the Greg Peterson experience what it is. 
It's got my name on the show, and I am very honored for that. But without the team behind the scenes, the Greg Peterson experience does not operate the way that it does. You've got my wonderful producer, Jason, who does a great job of booking all these guests. As I like to call him, the everyday Ray King of VSIN. And Nick, he is our technical director. All the graphics that you see on screen, vsin.com, YouTube TV, what have you. Nick is the man that sets all those up. And we've got Sean Squared tonight as... Sean is our audio engineer. He does a great job. Typically on other shows, he's pinching tonight and always great to get him aboard. I know that he's a fan of UNLV, so hopefully you did not take them against Utah State yesterday. That was not great to say the least. We will see if this weekend is a little bit better for them against good old Nevada Reno, but that said, he does an amazing job getting me all set up, whether you're listening on SportsMap Radio, Beeson.com, what have you, and then every single hour of the Greg Peterson experience and every single hour of all of our VSIN show programming, whether you like this show, whether you like follow the money, whether you're into one of the new shows that we rolled out this week, VSIN, VSIN prime time. You're able to go down the list. All those hours are at VSIN.com slash podcast or wherever your podcast, Apple podcasts, Google play, Spotify list goes on and on. And it's our other Sean, the one who is a graduate of the Quinnipiac Bobcats that is posting those up by the way. Hopefully we are doing a better job of defending against wrongdoings than Quinnipiac because they gave up 92 points tonight against Fairfield. Not great to say the least. A Fairfield team that plays no offense whatsoever put up 92. So they were getting lit up. Sean, he does not get lit up at his job. He's always on point. The Quinnipiac defense, anything but on point on Thursday. But we're going to be looking to be on point with this pick as we're going to go to the extra games board. I always love to be able to give out some of these extra games, some of these games that are a little bit off the beaten path. And because this is going to be an affair that is a little bit earlier, I'm going to have this article posted up a tad bit in advance as well, because this is a good hearty 9 a.m. Pacific time tip off. If you're looking Eastern time, that is noon. But with that said, how about if we dive into the extra games board as it is 306, 607, 306, 608. UNC Asheville is playing us to Charleston Southern. Charleston Southern opened up as a eight-point underdog. Still seeing a few stray eights, but we're seeing this move to nine in a lot of books. And your total on this game, you're going to be finding it in between about a 144.5 to a 145.5. And my write-up here is on UNC Asheville. I'd be willing to lay up to 10 with UNC Asheville. So if you've got the nine like I'm seeing is coming up on DraftKings right now, I still like it at this number. With UNC Asheville, this bunch has a guy by the name of Drew Pember that you do want to be taking note of. Drew Pember is one of the best players in all of college basketball, and he has been just flat out awesome. The guy stands six foot ten. I believe that he actually began his career over at Tennessee, and well, he's the only ten that I see in regards to this game, as he's been able to give the team twenty and a half points, nine point two boards, two point three blocks, two point four assists per game. And at six foot ten, he buries 38.8% of his threes. This guy has been tremendous for a UNC Asheville team that ranks in the top 10 nationally in terms of the three-point shooting percentage. This team is able to go bombs away from three-point range. The one way that you're really able to stop UNC Asheville is the fact that this is a team that is going to turn the ball over a little bit. As in terms of turnovers on a per play basis, UNC Asheville, they are 330th of the country. Problem is, Charleston Southern, they don't force a lot of turnovers. They are 281st in the country in terms of turnovers forced on a per-play basis. 
Wesson Savory there. And for Charleston Southern, this team 354th in all of college basketball in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis. And they're going up against a squad that I do like as you've got a UNC Asheville team that has been able to do a nice job of reining it in with regards to their defense as well in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis. Not a team that is necessarily going to be super duper rambunctious or anything like that, but they've ascended to 80th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. You've got Tyshawn Jones. He's been able to give you 14 and a half points per game. He shoots over 40% from three, and it might not be Carly Ray Jepsen, but you're able to call him maybe. Fletcher A.B., he's able to give you eight and a half points per game. He shoots over 40% from three. Comes in from the Citadel. Meanwhile, Charleston Southern got a bunch that... Well, they're not going to be able to match up down low. Tajay Kelly has been able to give you five and a half rebounds per game, so he's been trying to help, but not terrific. And the last time these two teams played, UNC Asheville was able to win by a count of 80 to 62. First time around, it was a 10-point UNC Asheville win. That was a true road game for them. So UNC Asheville has dominated this series. Charleston Southern does not hold up on defense. Charleston Southern shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. Claude L. Harris does give you 17 points per game, but way I see it, Charleston Southern should be in for another double-digit loss. My right up here, that is backing UNC Asheville, laying the points. Like Charleston Southern is really lucky to have gotten to this point. In their first game against High Point, well, High Point was a low point because High Point was leading for about 36 minutes of that game. Charleston Southern makes a bonsai charge at the end of the game. They were able to get the win out there in Bojangles Coliseum, which that is where this game is going to be played as well. But I think Asheville is going to be able to get the job done and what is going to be the early game here on the card. So my write-up, that is backing UNC Asheville. I am willing to lay up to 10 with them. And with regards to the subtle, I do think that it is very fascinating because you've got an Asheville team that they play a little bit more up-tempo, but they're going up against the Charleston Southern team that, well, they're a low-tempo team that doesn't play any defense, which I always find those to be some of the more fascinating teams in all of college basketball. It is a total that I set at 144.5. So if you're seeing a 145.5, willing to dive under in this spot. And with Asheville, willing to lay up to 10 with them. And then let's go to another game that is out in this Big South tournament. And it's also at Bojangles Coliseum, which that's got to be one of the yummiest venues in all of college basketball. Hopefully, and I know that Matt Humans, who preludes me on this show, Hopefully, it's not like Taco Bell Arena back when it was called that out there in Boise's, Boise, Idaho. As Boise State used to play at Taco Bell Arena, they did sell Taco Bell. I mean, what is up with that? That is just really, really bad. I can't, because I am from the great state of Wisconsin, I could not imagine if they had like Culver's Arena and they didn't sell Culver's. That would be a complete ripoff. I would completely boycott until they were selling Culver's. But with that said, we get into the crux of it. 306613, 306 Radford is going to be playing us a Winthrop. Winthrop is a one and a half point underdog. Your total on this game is 141. And I'm willing to back Winthrop in this spot. And the reason why I'm going to be willing to back Winthrop is that you got a Radford team as in all sorts of disarray. Because for one, the Radford defense has been not necessarily playing so great without Brian Antoine. Brian Antoine is a former top 30 recruit. He has been injured the last four games. And Radford has not picked up a win without him. So... That is not so great for the Islanders. He was one of their main scorers, shooting right around 40% from three-point range. But that's not just the only thing that is happening with Radford. Radford is also going to be without their coach in Darius Nichols. 
he had a wrongdoing with the law and he is suspended for this one and I believe that it's actually going to be his brother that's going to be coaching up this team but that's not ideal you probably want your coach and Darius Nichols out there on the court when you're competing for your NCAA tournament lives they're going up against a Winthrop team that has been playing no defense whatsoever they're in the bottom 40 in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis but where Winthrop is going to be able to absolutely dominate this game is down low they've got a guy by the name of Kelton Telford who's been able to give you 16 points eight boards he's a six foot seven load that's able to do a really good job down low and then you've got the most versatile player out there in the court Corey Hightower Hightower has been able to supply nearly 14 points five and a half boards shoots 37 and a half percent from three-point range and for that matter for this Winthrop team among their top six scores everyone that has shot at least one three so this throws Telford out of the fold Every one of them shoots at least 37.2% from three-point range. This is a Winthrop team that is willing to bomb it from three-point range. And for Winthrop, they do a good job of being able to have so many of these guards really play in tandem. Big thing for them is being able to cut down on the turnovers. You do have a pair of guys in Corey Hightower and Sixier McMahon with that. While they've been able to do a good job doling out about 4.8 assists per game, they do turn the ball over about five and a half times for contest. McMahon has been able to give the team 13 and a half points per game. Shoots 89 and a half percent the free throw line. Shoots right around 38 percent from three point range. And for Radford, this team does a solid job down low. Justin Archer, along with Shaquan Jules, they both have been able to give you 13 rebounds per game. But Radford, in their most important game of the year, being without their coach. No thanks. Want absolutely no part of it. I do think that this is going to be a Radford offense that's going to be in disarray once again with Antoine Deal with an injury. So taking a look at the under sub, my total 135, and I am going to be willing to take Winthrop outright on the money line. And coming next, we're going to be taking a look at a lot of money lines and so much more as we get you set for UFC 285. Spencer Kite of UFC.com along with Mark Drummond or Yahoo Sports joins me next right here on the Great Beer Set Experience on Decent, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, 
in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network, and it is great to be joined by these two gentlemen as Mark Drummeller does amazing work over at Yahoo Sports, taking a look at UFC, college basketball, the NFL, and so much more. And then we've got Spencer Kite, who does an incredible job covering the entire fight game. You find most of his work over at UFC.com. Gentlemen, it is a whale of a card that we have this weekend, and it's great to have you aboard. Thank you. Happy to be here. Happy yeah, to have you. Happy to have you guys aboard and. I mean, let's just take this segment to really break down what is going to be the big whopper. This is, we. I was joking about this a little bit off air. This is what you go through those ESPN Plus cards. This is what you go through some of those fights that are, shall we say, a little bit more off the beaten path to be able to get to. Much like myself for college basketball, you get to the NCAA tournament and you put up with like the Big South, the MEAC, what have you, to be able to get to the big round of 64 this is what you do for UFC. You put up with those smaller fights to be able to get to, oh, Surreal God versus John Bones Jones. Jones, a minus 170 to a minus 175 favorite. Round prop, you're finding the overall four and a half, anywhere between minus 150 to minus 155. I'll lead off with you, Spencer. Just first look at the line. What are your thoughts on it? Just because with John Bones Jones, it's a shorter line than we typically find with him, but for good reason, because it has been a while since we have seen John Bones Jones. Yeah, I think it makes sense given the three-year layoff, given the the division change. I'm actually a little surprised that it's that it's that high. I mean, you look at three years, you look at the last couple of fights at late heavyweight. I still, to this day, will say that Dominic Reyes won that last fight. I thought Tiago Santos had a good fight against him, losing a split decision. And so to to factor in three-year layoff, move up a division, and face a guy in Cyril Gan that that moves like a middleweight that is a true athletic, dynamic, explosive heavyweight, I wouldn't have been surprised if this was an even closer line, truthfully. I do think that it's so interesting to take a look at it because with Ian McMillan, who joined me in our number one, he was saying the exact same thing. And Mark, what do you make out of this line? Because with John Jones, 
I know that a lot of people are telling me, man, you're getting them at a super cheap line, but it's like, if you take a look at the inverse as well, you're laying minus 170 with a guy that hasn't fought in three years, and if you would have said that about darn near anyone else in just about any other discipline, you'd be like, man, that's really expensive on a guy that hasn't fought in three years. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the most interesting part is it opened up at Jones as a dog and just kind of has moved in his direction ever since. And, you know, the, the hardest part for betters is, is that, you know, any kind of like historical data or anything that you look back upon, you know, which betters like to rely on, um, isn't going to be too kind to guys, you know, leaving the sport in their prime for three years, moving up a weight class and then coming back in their mid thirties, right? Like it's just, you know, we don't see a lot of success um, when that happens, but John Jones is, you know, a, a dynamic fighter, one of the greatest fighters of all time ever in mixed martial arts. And, you know, can he be the exception to that? You know, you look back at his previous fights, like Spencer talked about, um, you know, he just wasn't challenged in the light heavyweight division and didn't look look well um, the last time we seen him in the octagon. So you have to go back a really far, you know, five, five or so years to really get, you know, prime John Jones. And a lot of betters are wondering, like, hey, is that guy still out there? And I do think that it's so interesting to be able to take a look at it as well, because no doubt we're hearing about the way that John Bones Jones has been preparing things out of his camp, what have you. But Spencer, what are you expecting out of John Jones in this fight? Just because, I mean, it's just anyone's guess at this point when you've got a guy that we haven't seen in three years. And as Mark pointed out, you really have to look four or five years ago to really find where peak John Jones has been because he also had some, shall we say, off the octagon issues as well. Yeah, I mean, this doesn't make for the best punditry, but like, we just don't know. There's no way to forecast what we're going to see on Saturday from John Jones, and that's why it's so fascinating. I wouldn't be surprised if he turns up and he's refocused, he's remotivated, he really wants to go out and become a two-weight world champion, and we have sort of a vintage John Jones performance. He is one of the most talented fighters I've ever seen in my career. It wouldn't surprise me if he comes back and looks like the guy that, you know, the last really great performance was the second fight against Alexander Gustafsson. It wouldn't surprise me if we saw a fighter like that. But at the same time, he's 35 now. As you said, there have been a bunch of issues outside of the cage in his personal life. And he's facing a guy that is a legitimate heavyweight threat. He was the interim champion. He started last year facing Francis Ngannou in a champion versus champion fight. He's the real deal. And so we're going to find out Saturday. And that's what makes this so compelling. Oh, it is so compelling. And I just, I don't know what to expect. Mark, do you have any sort of a handle on what we might be able to get out of John Jones? Because I mean, we're able to hear some rumors and everything like that, but I just feel like there's just such a wave of unknown that is around this fight. And I don't want to be laying minus 170 to minus 175 on a big giant question mark. Yeah, it's kind of tough to come in at this number. You know, I did play Jones. Um, I played him a minus 165. And, you know, I think there's opportunities to get around that number if you want to play, you know, inside the distance or submission. And, you know, I think this fight really comes down to the fact that when we look at John Jones throughout the history, his history, um, you know, 
when he's been challenged, he's always responded. You know, he's been he's extremely talented and he's focused and all the stuff that happens outside of the octagon. Um, you know, when he has these type of massive fights, um, you know, he's a student of the game. He studies an opponent. And I think we've seen that leading into this, you know, in, in the media sessions, you know, leading up to the fight. He's talking about Cyril's Gon's weaknesses. Um, he's talking about, you know, the wrestling, how he can get back to that grappling his past to victory. Um, and I think that's really going to be the difference in this fight. I, I think that Jones has a massive advantage there. Um, I think, you know, while they're standing with kickboxing, you know, Jones, uh, you know, has, has thrown over 40 plus fight uh, kicks in multiple fights. So I think he can kind of hold his own there until he's able to crash the distance um, and really, you know, work, uh, you know, gone in the clinch, you know, with his elbows and, and kind of, you know, get him to the ground. And I think once he gets him to the ground, um, I, I think it's going to be a much different fight that favors Jones. And I think that's why you see him the favorite there is he has the clearest path to victory between these two fighters. Um, a lot has to go right for him to get there. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, he's going to have to be in shape. We don't know kind of what we're getting because of the layoff. But I think those wrestling skills um, probably translate, you know, longer in your career than, than a striker would that kind of relies on speed and reaction time more. So, um, you know, I, I play Jones here at this number, but if people are looking to get off the number, you know, I would even look at getting, you know, inside the distance or maybe even the submission prop. And let me throw this to you as well, Mark. With regards to the round prop of four and a half, do you think the longer the fight goes, the more it bodes well for God? Because the biggest concern that right now I have about John Jones is that layoff. And what I think really takes it out of him the most is just the conditioning itself because I feel like as the rounds go along when you've been out of the octagon for three years the longer it goes the more that that bodes in favor of gone I think so because I think if it's going into those deeper championship rounds it's not going to be a result of Jones taking him down and not being able to finish him like I think if Jones gets him to the mat early and can kind of work him round by round with takedowns I think he's going to finish the fight so if we end up in rounds four or five it's probably a primarily a kickboxing match and I think that's where gone has the advantage absolutely and Spencer how do you view this fight because I do think that if you like this round prop under you're probably liking John Jones a little bit more if you like it over. I think that that bodes better for Gon just because I think that he's going to have better conditioning in this fight. I mean, I like it for Cyril Gon as well. I think this is a fight that he can come out and win. I think there's so many questions for me about John. This to me is just, it really comes down to value. I'm getting plus money on a guy that I saw fight and look good in September in Paris against Taitu Ivasa. I know everything that he brings to the table. There's certainly avenues for John Jones to win this fight, but I just want to see what it's like for him carrying around the extra weight, what it's like when he's facing a guy that hits as hard as Cyril Gon does. Some of the advantages that John had that made him so effective at light heavyweight just aren't here at heavyweight. He used to bully everybody, he used to really maximize that reach and keep everybody at bay and get out of the way of shots and never really take too much damage. That's not really going to be an option here. Cyril Gon is going to hit him. He's going to hit him harder than anyone else has hit him in his UFC career. And for me, I like the underdog. I like Cyril Gon to finish. And if you want to get really chasing some stuff, those third, fourth, fifth round props for Cyril Gon all look mighty tasty to me. Yep, I do think that it's so interesting to be able to take a look at a guy that, I mean, there's been so much speculation around him. When John Jones is fully right, He's one of the best fighters that we've barely ever seen, but I made this joke in hour number one, and I think that it's worth pointing out again. 
John Jones has become the UFC equivalent of Bigfoot. We have heard a lot about John Jones. We haven't necessarily seen him a whole heck lot. But with that said, we've seen a lot out of these fighters that are going to be appearing on a card that here for UFC 285, I think it's very fascinating because we mentioned the Bones versus Gone fight. It's one of the very few that has a money line, I would say below minus $4. So we're going to be talking with Mark Drummiller of Yahoo Sports while Spencer Kaidu does great work with most of his writing at UFC.com about how to gauge these very chalky money line fights and what they all like on the undercard for UFC 285. Next year on the Greg Peterson Experience, I'm Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Before we make your next bet, be sure to visit VSN.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every single game? Well, the DraftKings, the betting splits page, it is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. So that way, you're able to see all the changes in the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. You're able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well as betting splits are another way that VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. So check out today's betting splits for every single game now at VSIN.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Great to be rejoined by these two gentlemen. Spencer Kite does a great job of following the UFC. You're able to find most of his work at UFC.com and We've also got a board Mark Drummeller who's going to be sticking around after the segment as well, breaking down some XFL as well. So that's going to be great. He's over there at Yahoo Sports. And gentlemen, I'm going to lead off with this fight first just because we're finding a lot of fights on this UFC 285 card involving Chalky Money Lions. And this one is a creme de la creme. I can't remember the last time I've seen a UFC main event like this where there's been a minus 1,900 money line like we're seeing with Bo Nickel, who's going to be taking on Jamie Pickett. I will throw this to you first, Spencer. How do you gauge a fight like this? Because, I mean, should Jamie Pickett be an underdog? Absolutely. But at the same time, I can't justify laying a minus 1,800, minus 1,900 in a fight like this. Yeah, I don't think anybody can. This is absolutely a find a prop, find something that you like at a much lower number if there's anything out there that you can find. I think Bo Nickel, I mean, everybody thinks Bo Nickel should win this fight rather handily. We see that in the odds. Jamie Pickett has lost his last two his last two fights, both by finishes, both, both early in the fights as well. I mean, it's one of those fights, as I said, where you've just got to go hunting. Um, you can find actually Bo Nickel by submission in round one at plus 100. It's probably not a bad bet. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those cases where I don't know how you gauge this fight, Mark, but I take a look at it. And sometimes in these sort of cases, you just take a money line on an underdog and you hope for mercy. But I don't <laughs> even think that you could do that in this fight with Jamie Pickett. I think that it's just going to be doomsday for him. But even with that, minus 1,900, minus $1,800 on the money line. No, thanks. I'm good. 
Yeah, it's just, I mean, this type of fight to me, it's just a no bet. I mean, you know, I think that's a great angle, like looking at like the round one submission if you want to get involved. But, you know, with, you know, 13 fights in the card or whatnot, you know, you, you don't have to bet every single one. Um, I'll be interested to see what Nickel, you know, the next chapter of what Nickel brings as a prospect. Um, you know, he's going to be a very exciting fighter. They're trying to fast track him. But, you know, at these odds, like there, there's just, you know, nothing I can do. Like I can't even put Nickel in a parlay. I'm afraid to get injured in there and blow the whole thing. You're not getting enough value in the return to even do that. So, um, you know, the, the fight was just a pass for me. Yep, I don't blame you there. And I know that there's another harebrained fight with a big money line that you're taking a look at, Spencer. And that would be the Alexa Grasso against Valentina Shevchenko fight. Shevchenko, not quite minus 1,900, but you know what? It's getting up there. Where I sit here at circuits, minus 860 on Shevchenko. I'm seeing as high as minus a thousand where are you taking a look at in this fight because Shevchenko I mean she should be absolutely winning this fight very handily as well and you think the same way and you have found a way to be able to reduce the juice yeah to me if Valentina Shevchenko is anywhere near the the dominant fighter that she's been in the past she wins this fight pretty handily I think she gets a finish I think she gets a stoppage and to me you can find that number at sort of in the minus 131 between 130 and 150 and to me, that's a reasonable number. I think you look at who Alexa Grasso is, what she brings to the table. It plays into who Valentina Shevchenko is as a fighter. This feels to me like a second round finish, a third round finish from Valentina Shevchenko to sort of wash away a little bit of that, those questions from her last fight at UFC 275 against Tyler Santos. I think she absolutely dominates and gets a finish in this one. Yep, I do think so as well. And do you have anything with regards to this fight, Mark? Or is this another one of those because it is one of those big, giant, chalky money lines that you just stay away from? Yeah, I took a little over three and a half rounds at plus 105, you know. So if she's going to get the finish, Shevchenko, let, let's hope she does it, you know, in, in the later, late four, you know, fifth round on this one. I, I just think when you look at Grasso, I like Grasso as a fighter. I think she has real crisp boxing. I think early in the fight, she's going to have some success um, getting in and out of the pocket. She uses her feints, a lot of fluid, uh, you know, movement, good footwork. But, you know, I think eventually we're going to see Shevchenko just kind of wear her down with her physicality. Um, um, be able to get this fight to the mat with the grappling edge. When you look at Chef Chenko's, you know, past couple fights, three of the last four have gone over three and a half rounds. Um, you know, even her fight with Lauren Murphy, she outstruck her 98 to 11. Um, and still that went late into the fourth round. So, uh, you know, I think there's opportunity here for this one to go over. I think Rasu is a lot more gain than she's getting credit for. Don't think she can win. Don't think she's live as an underdog, but I do think she's going to be able to put up a fight just because I think she's going to be moving. It's going to be tough in the early rounds for Shevchenko to get her hands on her um, and I think that's going to help her extend the fight even if she you know she might even steal round one or round two possibly and you know have you know before Shevchenko really turns up the heat and puts her on her back and really works her with her grappling and this is one that I know that you're taking a look at as well Mark you're going to be taking a look at an underdog in this one hard to do so in the Grasso versus Shevchenko fight but we've got Drusisis Duplisis going to be taking on Derek Brunson Brunson's right around a plus 175 to a plus 180 underdog. And I think this one is probably going to be wrapped up over one and a half rounds is at minus 150. What has you on Derek Brunson in this fight as he's a pretty sizable underdog. And we've actually seen quite a bit of money come in on him as he was actually closer to plus $2 on the open. 
Yeah, yeah, that's where I got him, it, it, you know, plus 200. And, I, you know, I think it's a good price for him. You know, we, listen, we know Brunson's been game in this spot throughout his career. Um, he's coming off a knockout loss to Cannoneer. But, you know, if you look at that before that, reeled off a couple wins. His previous loss was out of Sanye. So, you know, good level of competition there. Um, and where Duplessis, you know, is a lot of fun to watch. I love watching the guy wild, reckless, brings the fight to you, you know, throws multiple strikes from a bunch of crazy different angles, you know, but, you know, with that recklessness in the cage um, comes opportunity for Brunson. Brunson's a guy who wants to, you know, get takedowns, get them to the ground, grind him out. And I think when you're throwing all those crazy shots from all over the place, it, it opens you up. It impacts your, you know, grappling defense. And I think Brunson is going to be able to take advantage of that, get him to the cage. Brunson knows he's getting later in his career. He needs to protect his chin, protect his durability, get this fight to the ground, uh, you know, where he's safe and he can kind of impose his will. And I think he's going to do that. So, you know, I thought at this price, uh, you know, as a dog, even now, you know, 170, 180, um, I like Derek Brunson to win the fight as the underdog. And I know that you both are taking a look at this fight as well, and I'll start with you, Spencer. Jalen Turner is going to be taking on Matisse's Gambrot. Gambrot right around a minus 210, minus 215 favorite round prop. It's at two and a half, but very much juicy under right around minus 165. What are you taking a look at in this one as Turner has seen the money come in against him and been very curious to take a look at this because I'm a little bit surprised to see the Money come in so badly against him, going from right around plus 145 on the open to more around plus 180. I mean, I'm taking Turner, but it's very much a, I like the price and I like the young fighter. Is this the moment that he sort of breaks through and has the biggest win of his career? Mateus Gamrod is a hell of a fighter. He lost last time out to Benil Dariush, but there's no shame in that. He was a two-weight world champion in KSW over in Poland. He's rightfully the favorite here. But I look at Jalen Turner having won five straight. All of his victories are by stoppage. His best performance of his career was last time out. And I just think with the numbers that are there in terms of the money line, I like the finish prop at plus 275 as well for a guy that has finished all of his career fights. I just think this is an opportunity maybe for the young fighter to really have that next transcendent performance and get the veteran out of there. And Mark, I know that you're taking a look at this Turner fight as well. Where do you stand on this one? Yeah, I'll give you the other side. I'm on Gamrot. Um, I laid the you know two dollars and fifteen cents here with Gamrot, and I, I think that's the right side. I, I think this is a big jump for Turner. You know, obviously, if he can get this type of win, it's going to be huge for his career. But Gamrot's a guy who you know super high motor. Very explosive, very intentional with his wrestling. He's going to be relentless, tenacious. And Turner, very big, very powerful, very long. Going to try and keep him on the end, on the outside of range. But I think Gamrock gets inside. And, you know, with that explosiveness and power from Turner, you know, comes a little bit of stiffness in his defensive wrestling. Um, and I think that's going to be a factor. I think when Gamrock gets him to the ground, Gamrock's a guy really great at scrambles, positional grappling. Um, you know, I think Turner's going to kind of struggle and get overwhelmed in those spots. So um, I like Gamrot to come come out, you know, as the winner here. I, I like the price, actually. You know, I think it should be a little bit wider. But, um, you know, I can understand Turner's an ascending fighter. I just think he's a little too green, a little too much too soon to back him right now. And a man that it's never too much too soon. That'd be you, Spencer. You do amazing work over there at UFC.com. I know you're one of their main freelancers. Always do appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, guys was great to be able to break down USC 285 with Spencer Kite over there at UFC.com along with Mark Drummeller of Yahoo Sports and 
Mark is going to be joining me next. And we're also going to have Kobe Dant of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network aboard as we talk some XFL next on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
With UFC 285 this week, head on over to BetRivers Online Sportsbook as BetRivers has you covered with every line, odd, and boost. Bet the big names on the UFC 285 card with Parlay Insurance. Check out BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today as it's a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network and great to be joined by our guest as Mark Drummeller. We were talking with him about that very UFC 285 card. He is still aboard and we've got Kobe Dant who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and we shift away from the UFC and we go into some XFL and I want to start off with you Mark because we haven't really talked with you about the XFL. Kobe we did a little bit earlier so I've got a few of your leans here, but the one game that I take a look at that is so intriguing is the game with the biggest line. That would be the Orlando Guardians and the Arlington Renegades, with the Renegades currently being an 8.5-point favorite. With regards to this matchup, do you think that Orlando is so bad that they do warrant being an 8.5-point underdog? Because I was talking about this a little bit with you off-air. It feels like the quarterback play in this league is very much elevated from other of these ancillary football leagues. And right now the weak links seem to be the Orlando Guardians. Yeah, so this is a tough one for betters. I mean, you know, books really put you your back against the wall with this number because it's like, you know, you look at uh, Orlando and obviously, you know, lost both games by margin, you know, 30 to 12 and 33 to 12. And not only that, but it seems like, you know, the coach Terrell Buckley has lost control of the team already. You hear him on the sidelines exasperated. Um, you know, they had 13 penalties last week. So tons of penalties, tons of turnovers, you know, nothing looking good for that team. But then and you go on the other side, you're playing the Arlington Renegades, who, uh, you know, are last in the XFL in net yards per play um, at minus 1.2 yards, last in the XFL in offensive yards per play at 3.3 yards. They're, you know, turning to Kyle Sloter, quarterback, who, you know, from the USFL last spring, who had nine touchdowns and 11 interceptions. So they're in a little bit of disarray, too. And so it's, are you going to lay that kind of number with that type of offense, uh, you know, or are you going to back the team that has been getting blown out the first two weeks? Um, you know, for me, I, I did play a little bit of the dog here. I got it at a better number when it came out at nine and a half. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's really the only way to play it. Um, Orlando has not been showing up, you know, in either weeks. And it seems like they, they, the coach isn't reaching the players, but it's just too big of a number uh, for me to lay with Arlington. Yeah, I do think that it's a very interesting game to take a look at. And what is your overall thoughts on this one, Kobe, as we've had a few a few days to let the line marinate? And now we do know the Guardians and their plan of attack just a little bit more. But, I mean, with regards to the Orlando Guardians, I do think that Slaughter is a little bit of an upgrade from Paxton Lynch. But I don't know if it's enough for me to be jonesing about taking eight and a half with them. Well, as a guy that took uh, Arlington last week and lost, I, I was expecting Sloter to get in the game, especially after the first play was an interception by Drew Blitt. Um, I, I, I think Sloter is a huge upgrade. He has a Sal Canella he played with in the USFL for the New Orleans Breakers. I think that helps uh, with continuity. But I think you got to take the points here. You know, like like Mark alluded to, the Arlington offense has been terrible. The offensive line doesn't look good. They're last in the, in the XFL in first downs. Uh, they've just been a nightmare. And then you have the other side of things with, with uh, you know, the Guardians where, did you guys see that report on Quentin Dormandy uh, uh, giving out the the, the, pl the plays? To yeah. the, I mean, that was a fascinating development. So then you understand why you got destroyed 
you know, in the last matchup, if you go back to their first game, even though they got destroyed in that one too, the, the, the offense actually moved some, they did have some yards in that game. I think you take the points and it always helps when you're not giving away the plays to the opposing team. So give me the guardians. And uh, I, I don't even mind a money line play here. Ooh, a money line play on the guardians. That is very spicy. And I know you're going to be looking to get spicy with this one, Mark, as we've seen a little bit of line movement on this one. The St. Louis Battlehawks, you saw them early on in the week at a lot of places be more around a two to two point underdog. Now we're up to a full three with a total of 37. I think that you and I would both agree the three a little bit less critical here in the XFL rather than in the NFL. But with this going up to three, is this enough for you to be able to take a shot on the Battlehawks who are two and oh, but taking some late game heroics for them to be able to get to two and Yeah, it really is. I mean, I think they're live to win the game outright. Um, might play some money line, but give me all the points. Like let, let the line keep moving in that direction. Um, I'm not a firm believer in this home field advantage that DC has. Cause they throw a bunch of lemons on the field. You know, DC is a team, I think really overrated. They, they surged to number one in the futures market at plus 300. Um, and you know, I don't think it's warranted at all. If you look at week one, you know, they got outgained by Seattle by 154 yards in that game. The only reason, reason they won is because Ben DiNucci was fumbling the ball all over the place, fumbled at the one yard line with the game on the line. They were awful on offense. They were nine for 21 passing for 93 yards and only averaging 2.5 yards per rush in week one. Now turn the page to week two. They go to Vegas. They play, you know, what is probably a bottom half team in the league in a downpour. It was a rainstorm. So Vegas couldn't get any offense going. They got the running game cooking and they won. And all of a sudden, everybody thinks DC is one of the best teams in the league. I don't see it at all. I think when you look at St. Louis, they don't turn the ball over. So DC is not going to be able to get good field position or turnovers on defense. Um, St. Louis, the only team in the XFL with zero turnovers. And then you have AJ McCarron, who, if this is going to be a close game, he's the guy you want with the ball in his hands and the fourth quarter two fourth quarter game winning comebacks out of McCarron so uh, you know I think St. Louis is live here to win this game I think they're the better team on the field both these teams played Seattle St. Louis looked much better on the box score um, in that game the DC did so I'm all over St. Louis here you know with the points on the money line I think they get the win and Kobe I know that you've got a few friends that are connected out there in the DC area I know that you've been playing up the angle of the home field advantage. Where do you stand in terms of defenders versus Battlehawks? Because this is a line that's on the move in favor of Washington, D.C. Well, I, I, look, Mark made good points. Obviously, you know, Seattle should have won that first game. Uh, but I do believe that there's one home edge in the whole league that we've seen so far. It's probably going to be two with St. Louis, but we haven't seen them play a home game. I actually do believe there's an advantage and uh, with playing a game in D.C. The fans were loud. They were fun. Now I don't know if they'll be throwing lemons, even though some buddies of mine have have texted me that they're bringing lemons to the game. But uh, uh, I I think the Battlehawks have been very lucky. Their run defense has been terrible. San Antonio in game one ran right through them, uh, and then you look at game two. San Antonio didn't have success on the ground. Then you look at what Seattle did against DC in game one. They didn't run the ball well, but then Seattle plays St. Louis. They run for over a hundred yards. I think the strength of this DC team is Derek King. I think you're going to see him more and more. He had eight yards of carry last week. And I think the DC running attack is going to be the difference in the game and watch Greg Williams on the defensive side of the ball force, uh, force the battle Hawk offense to a couple turnovers as well. Absolutely. I do think that it's so fascinating to take a look at 
just the entire outlook of this game and another game that i think is going to be very interesting is the one that's going to be putting out here in lovely las vegas as you've got the vegas vipers taking on the seattle sea dragons not the dragons the sea dragons where do you stand on this one mark because right now we're seeing the sea dragons as a road three-point favorite and i do like what june jones is able to bring to the table but i don't know if everything is going to be able to mesh as well this time of the year as opposed to more towards the back half of the year when these guys get some reps yeah my guilty pleasure this year has been you know laying points with the sea dragons but i'm done with it now i'm not doing it i played a little bit under lots of wind in the forecast 40 mile per hour wind gusts during the day still going to be at like 30 mile per hours at night so i played some under 38 and a half um i think that you know if it is a windy type of game you know you have one team that refuses to to, to run the ball in Seattle. And then you got another team that can't run the ball in Vegas. Neither of them are going to be able to pass the ball. Seems like an under to me, but you know, I think in the game, if I had to pick a side, I would probably wait to see how many points I can get with the Vipers because I can't back Seattle laying points again as a favorite after they dropped the first two games outright and have minus or minus five in the turnover margin. I don't think that gets cleaned up. And I think anytime you have a favorite like that, the values with the dog. Yep, and we will ask this to you, Kobe, as well. Where do you stand in terms of Vipers versus Sea Dragons? Because there's been a lot of buzz about the Sea Dragons, but it feels like they haven't really delivered to this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have a future on them. Uh, I know Mark's, Mark's lost on the first uh, couple of games. Same with myself, uh, but call me Nakatomi Plaza because I'm going back in. I'm going back <laughs> in here. I'm dying hard with this Sea uh, Dragons team. They're the only XFL offense that's had 300 yards in both games. I believe at the end of the day, the cream rises to the top. I also think, I didn't think they needed to bench Luis Perez. I know Brett Hundley makes more, but I don't know about the quarterback situation in Vegas. And I think Seattle knows that they've had the, the numbers. They need a win. They're in the desperate spot. I think Seattle gets it done. They're the better team. And you both get it done. Mark, you do amazing work over at Yahoo Sports. Likewise for you, Kobe. I know you're going to be joining me in hour number three, Kobe, to talk some college basketball. You're over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Appreciate both of them joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience. And speaking of college basketball, let's dive in on what we're going to be seeing on Friday and take a look at the Mountain West here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. 
Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.